The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. What is going on, DGen Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast this week for the Tour Championship. As usual, the podcast is sponsored by Draft.com. Join Draft right now using promo code DGen and get a free $3 ticket of attorney of your choice after you make a minimum deposit of $10. If you crush your season-long NFL league with a snake draft, this site is for you. With football coming up, it's a great time to jump on Draft.com. Make sure you use Promo code DGEN. As usual, I am here with my partner in crime, Tyler Tambolin. Tyler, how are you doing this week, my friend? I'm doing good, Kenny. It's it's the end. And by the end, I mean two weeks until yeah. we come back and do it again. But Tour Championship, man, we got a, a new style this year that everyone's freaking out over. So it's amazing. It's going to be exciting. And I, I can't wait to get into it. All right. Well, before we get into this week's pod, I just want to do a little toast here for the DGEN Nation. I'd like to thank all of our listeners for making this the biggest year that we've had on the Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast. Uh, I was doubt we've doubled our listenership every year, and I seriously doubted that that would happen again this year uh, because you know exponential growth is just really tough to do. But it happened once again. I don't know. You guys are the best crew out there, the best listeners. We love you guys. We really appreciate you guys listening each and every week, and hopefully we have helped you throughout this. To, you know, make a couple of dollars uh, in PGA DFS. So here's here's a toast. Cheers to the listeners out there. I got my drink up in the air. Cheers. I'm going to take a sip. All right. So let's talk about last week. Let's talk about the BMW Championship. Hit my second uh, betting segment uh, sponsored by Dallas Golf. A hit of back-to-back. Hit back-to-back for the first time this week, this year. Hit Patrick Reed for the um, Barclays, the Northern Trust. Hit 
Justin Thomas last week at 16 to 1. Hopefully, going to try and make it a, uh, a three peat during the FedEx Cup playoffs, but the betting is sort of weird this week with the way everything's set up. The tournament itself was, it was sort of a blowout. I mean, here's the thing about Medina Medina used to be a major course, right? With the soft conditions and, and the new generation of aggressive golfers, they turned that course into fucking mincemeat. I mean, this is what's happening with this new generation of golfers nowadays where, you know, it, it looks like I know it was a less than driver course before for the two majors. Well, it wasn't one this time. These dudes are out here taking out the big stick, grinding that big dog out 300, 350 yards, hitting it wherever and just crushing this course in soft conditions. Dustin Thomas. 26 under pars, ridiculous for a course that has hosted multiple majors. Uh, it was a great tournament by him. We sort of saw it coming uh, with his victory. Like we saw it coming with Patrick Reed. We saw it coming with Justin Thomas. Uh, and so those are nice because they don't really always pan out. You know, you could think that you're seeing a win coming, and a lot of the times it doesn't happen, but it, it worked out for these two weeks. Um, so it was a good event. What did you think of the event there, Tambo? I, lo- I loved it still. I mean, it is what it is. It's unfortunate this year that we've had a lot of these situations. You know, I can't think of all of them, but, you know, it happens where, uh, you know, you get a course that's supposed to be one way and then it turns out to be another way because of the weather. And, and it's just uncontrollable. That's some things to do with the schedule changes and, and the, how they've moved it all around in certain circumstances because of that. You know, it's just the seasonal stuff. But, you know, like you say, he tore it up minus 25. He even said on, you know, after that – that record setting round. He said, if you give us these conditions and, and guys, we're just so good, we're going to tear it up. And uh, he did. And they did Hideki with two sixty threes, the, the course record. And then JT took it back. And then Hideki looked like he was almost going to go for something silly on Sunday again. And he just sort of let off on the gas at the last minute. So uh, it, it was a good, it was a good feel of an event. I love the JT can't lay, even though it's not really a thing I wanted, I want it to be a thing. And, and I just felt like it was a thing on Sunday down the stretch with those two going at each other. And, you know, I, I retweeted on Twitter today when they had the video of Cantlay dropping the F-bomb as soon as, you know, he saw JT make that birdie and he was kind of like, fuck, you know, now I got to do more. And he missed his eagle putt. And, you know, there was a real back and forth there for a little while. We'll get into how that strategy will affect this week in a little bit. But when you think about that, right, like that could be a rivalry. JT's back to his old self. We saw it coming. The guy's so good. It's ridiculous. And then you've got Cantlay who obviously is just a stone cold killer. I know, you know, he's got his waggle. He's got his own slow play demons that everybody wants to talk about. I thought he was pretty good. We got to see a lot of him during the coverage. I didn't notice that he was too far off. Some of those putts are for, in this case, a lot of money or a tournament or whatever that's on the line, but I didn't think he was too bad. And then of course you had your boy like Finau, Rom, another top five, just great showing by everything. Almost RIP Lucas Glover in the end. He, he finally got it done. I was so worried about him if he had to go home to his wife in 31st place. Because that's a lot of money. It's a yeah. three hundred ninety-five thousand just for showing up this week, and then he can press a little bit and go through it that way. But overall, solid tournament. Thought it was a great finish. Thought the battle was strong between Thomas and Cantlin. I wouldn't hate it being that they're one-two going to this week if that's how it has to go again this week. Well, I'm pretty sure that they're going to be paired together uh, at least the first round. I right. think they pair based on where you are in the rankings, so that should be nice to see. Um, one thing I did like about last week was. You know, you see all these guys in the bottom trying to get that 30th spot. I mean, that that that's almost more exciting to watch than, you know, you saw with Justin Thomas basically running away with it. Though, JT got lucky. Uh, he had that one drive. I forget oh, wow. what hole it was. It, it might have been uh, somewhere between 8 and 12 where he hit a drive. He, he hit a second shot on a par 5, uh, and it literally was one foot away from going OB. You know, he ended up bogeying that hole. 
but it could have been easily been a triple bogey and it would have brought everybody back into the fold. Uh, but he, you know, one thing I will say about JT is if he hits the ball like he did last on Sunday at East Lake, he probably won't win. Uh, he's going to have to hit the ball a little bit better. He had a, that nice cushion uh, going into the final day, and that might have had something to do with it. Uh, but he he didn't really hit the ball as well as he had been the three previous days. So he's going to need to get, get that back on track if he really wants to take down this FedEx Cup championship. Um, but, uh, you know, like I said, it was great to watch. Uh, the, the you know, Kokrak making it, Glover making it there at, at the end was nice to see. Uh, a great event personally for me. I actually won in cash for the first time ever in a no-cut event this season. Uh, it was actually a pretty easy cash win. Uh, and my GPPs were just okay. So it was just a, I, I, it was basically a break even week for me, which is not bad for how poorly I've done in, um, in no cut events this season. Tampa, how'd you do? Yeah. Another slightly down week, but it was, uh, another one that came with a lot of eventful moments. Cause on Saturday, I, so I had five lineups in the 888 main event on Saturday. I was sitting basically top five all day with one lineup because it had Grillo and Woodland and they just went off and had superior days to the field. And then by the end of the day, it sort of fell back a little bit. And then on Sunday when I woke up, it, like they hadn't done anything. And so I had another lineup that crept its way up there. And I was sitting like top 15, 20 all day, ended up fizzling out and coming in 28th. So just slightly down on the week, but it, it's the nature of the beast. As the Harder Report would say, you know, these payout structures, they're, they're really top heavy. So that's what got me again this week. But it's not a big deal. It was last week of the year that's big money. I'm not going to go too crazy this week. So and we'll get into the strategy and all that stuff here in a minute. But uh, overall, slightly down, but a fun week. And, and like I said, the tournament was just awesome to watch. I'm looking for more of the same this week. Uh, the Cecil Peters shout out. Our pod was due for giving him a shout out. I, yeah. He's hilarious. Hilarious. I, he's hilarious. I, I'm a big fan. He talks shit all the time, and I'm cool with it. I love it. It's great. Uh, now, let's get into, before we get into this week, let's talk about the uh, Listener League winner from last week. It was Chris Kane with some demon looking avatar, a robotic demon. Skull, I don't know, Game of Thrones looking avatar that he's got. He had 666 points, which is pretty, you know, right on if you look at his uh, avatar. Um, so he had Tommy Fleetwood, uh, finished 11th, 18% owned. Justin Thomas, uh, of course, our winner, 25.5% owned. Good work there, DJ Nation. Tony Finau, 20.5% owned, finished in fourth. Decky, uh, 19% owned, finished in third. Sung Jay, 24% owned, finished in 11th. And Mr. Emiliano Grillo, 9.5% owned, finished in 31st. What do you think of the lineup there, brother? Oh, sick lineup. Yeah, he, he nailed it. Uh, the only thing he could have done better, I guess, is taken out Grillo and saved a little bit of money, 100 bucks, and put in Corey Connors and, and would have got a little bit more out of it. I felt bad that I didn't do that in a few spots because Grillo had a great Saturday, but then just, you know, whatever, it fell apart. He had a double at the end to ruin the bogey free. And then Sunday he went away. So uh, overall solid lineup. It's all guys. It's you see, there's a little bit of chalk in there, but it's because these were just the best plays. And in a you know a 70 man field where it's a little bit spaced out ownership like that, it's not such a bad deal to get you know the scores in. Tony Finau at 8500 was a steal in my opinion. Turned out to be very good. JT, we talked about him. We knew he was coming around. It was going to be sort of him or Cantlay or both that we liked. And he had that guy, he had the better version of it in there. Sungjae, you know, we'll talk about him again today. That's sort of the rookie of the year bid, even though he doesn't have a win, but he's the only rookie in Eastlake. So what about that? And, and then you got Hideki who two rounds of a 63. If the, it's just insanity that he disappeared on Saturday. 
if he did and he only ended up losing by like what four or five strokes like he was 73 on saturday if he just does anything on saturday he finally gets his win that we've been waiting for so shout out to chris kane solid lineup we will have i believe a three man this week kenny and then we will that'll be it till the till the swing season kicks back around two weeks like we said but uh good good job on him and we'll see you this week in the three man yeah speaking of connors and Fina, they saved me so um on Gup's Corner this past week, I know I didn't have Cash Game Cornerstones on the podcast, but I decided to post what I would have played if I decided to make my Cash Game Cornerstones on uh, Gup's Corner Slack chat. And so I had JT, Reed, Poulter, and Putnam. Now, outside of JT, and maybe a little bit of Reed, they weren't the best picks, but I had Connors and Finau uh, going up to finishing off that lineup. So it worked out really well for me. And speaking of Gup's Corner, we are doing, they, the guys over at Gup's Corner are nice enough to be doing a 25% discount on their sub. So use promo code DGEN25, save 25% on a Gup's Corner membership. And that includes football and all of football season and all of next this season's golf coming up, 2019-2020 golf season. So what they're going to give you on this is, you know, Gup's rankings for both, uh, bets, props, future bets for both, um, live uh, live plays on the Slack channel, private chats, lineup builder, um, you know, showdown articles, cash game articles. Uh, they're going to have all this great stuff for you and some new stuff coming up on gupscorner.com. So make sure you go on Gup's Corner. The Slack chat is amazing. I will tell you that right now. Great place. That in itself is probably worth the subscription. Just because you can bounce ideas off people on a site where you're not going to get judged. There's no stupid questions. You can ask what you want. People will give you a real answer. It's a great site to get on, a great community. Use promo code DGEN25. Go to gupscorner.com. Get that subscription either month-long or year-long. Includes both NFL and PGA. It's so worth the money. Get on it, DGEN25. All right, so let's get to this week. The final event of the PGA season is upon us as the top 30 golfers in the FedEx Cup points list head to Eastlake Golf Club in Atlanta for the Tour Championship. The tournament has changed when it comes to the scoring. Uh, the FedEx Cup leader, J- Justin Thomas, now starts the event at minus 10, and every other golfer will have between a 2-10 to 10 stroke disadvantage on the Justin Thomas, depending on where they're ranked in the FedEx Cup standings coming into this event. This definitely changes the way you need to approach this week. Since this is a 30-man no-cut event and the scoring system is unusual, strategy for DFS purposes is very different than a normal week. And we'll go over more of that here shortly. Uh, Personally, I will be playing very little. I will be playing no cash games uh, this week due to the fact that missing out on one high-owned golfer who does very well will make it very difficult to cash. Ownership for every golfer will be inflated due to the smaller field and the usual higher owned golfers in cash games that are normally, you know, around 30 to 35% owned will be close to 50% or more owned this week. So let's say Tony Finau is the highest owned golfer this week in cash games at like 50, 60%. If you don't roster him and he ends up winning, it's going to be very difficult for you to cash this week in cash games. Now, if you do own him and he wins, the advantage you get in a normal tournament when you roster the winner will be a lot less than usual. I will be focusing more on GPPs this this week. GPP strategy, once again, will be very different as well. In huge GPPs, it'll be very difficult to come up with a lineup that is not duplicated by another player. The easiest way to somewhat avoid this is by spending a lot less than a $50,000 cap. 
Now, I'm not talking a couple hundred dollars less. I'm talking like 500 to 1,000 or more less than the cap. With the minimum salary plunging to $5,000, it's fairly easy to do, even if you roster like Cantley Kepka in the same in the same uh, roster. Uh, now, many DFSers are hesitant to leave this amount of money on the table because they feel like they can upgrade their team by using the leftover money. I wouldn't fall into this trap. Leaving money under the cap is really the only way to get a unique lineup this week in large multi-entry GPPs. Now, let's get to the course. East Lake Golf Course is a 7,400-yard par 70 with four par 3s and two par 5s. Both the par 5s are reachable, but if the prevailing wind shifts, the 600-yard par 5 18 will be tough to reach by the shorter hitters. Usually, the wind is at the golfer's back on this hole, so it doesn't play quite as long as the 600 yards suggests. The par, three here, the par 3s here at East Lake are on the difficult side as all four routinely end up as four of the nine most difficult holes on the course. Five of the par fours are over 450 yards. Another five of the par fours are between 400 and 450 yards. And two of the par fours are under 400 yards. The course is originally designed by Donald Ross, but Reese Jones redesigned the course in 1994. The greens were switched from Brent Bentgrass to Bermuda in 2007. East Lake switched the nines a couple of years ago and are doing so again this year. The round now ends on a 600-yard par 5 instead of a difficult par 3. The last four holes are now going to make the final stretch a little more challenging and a little bit more fun for us watching. Uh, the 15th hole is a long par 3 with a peninsula green. The prevailing wind usually blows towards the water, and there is a huge bailout bunker on the left side. If golfers hit it into this bunker, they'll face a difficult shot as the green slopes away from them towards the water. The 16th hole was lengthened recently, and golfers will have to deal with a blind approach shot onto a large, multi-tiered, and heavily sloped green. The 17th was one of the few holes on the course with a major dogleg and was also lengthened. It has one of the smallest greens on the course. Golfers are finished on the par 5 18th. That gives up a lot of birdies and eagles, but a big number is possible as well. We saw three years ago how exciting the finish here could be with Rory holding out for eagle on 16 and Kevin Chappell having a birdie putt for the win on 18. Now, off the tee, golfers will see tree-lined fairways that are fairly narrow in width with large fairway bunkers in play on the landing zones. The rough is thick, so hitting fairways will be very important. Golfers need to hit certain spots below the hole on the greens to have a realistic birdie chance, and hitting it in the rough off the tee will make this a lot more difficult. The numbers show this as less than 50% of approaches from the rough here over the years have, land, have landed on the green. Now, this doesn't mean driver is left in the bag here. Many golfers still use the big dog off the tee, so fairways and greens, they're going to be missed. If golfers struggle off the tee, a solid short game, could be useful or good approach play from out of the rough. Now, on approach shots, golfers will see a wide array of different green sizes. The larger greens will be multi-tiered with a lot of slope. The smaller greens won't be tiered, but they will have a lot of slope from back to front. Some of the small greens will be sloped from back left to front right and vice versa, which will make putting and chipping much more difficult. Green side bunkers will be in play on most holes, with the majority of them guarding the very front of the greens. These Bermuda grass greens are a main defense of the course. They should play firm and fast with a stip meter rating of over 12. Since these greens are so tough to chip and putt on, I think this makes this an approach shot putting contest. 
golfers need to hit a ton of greens and they must be prepared to hit putts with a lot of break and speed. Tambo, what are you looking for in golfers this week? I'm I'm looking for a lot of the same, you know, what you just mentioned and what we talked about last week. It's a lot of who stays hot. The the course is a little bit more narrow, so you want that off the tee, that ball striker type game. Uh, you know, sh- strokes gain on approach is going to be huge. It really just comes down to, you know, it, it's the playoffs. There's a lot online. It's more of, to me about back to everybody's motivated, but some people are going to handle this differently. I think one of the key components in this week that not a lot of people are really talking about yet or focused on is that nobody's really ever slept with a, you know, four, four nights in a row knowing that they have the lead going into a tournament like Justin Thomas is right now. Uh, you know, obviously the price reflects his lead, the two strokes. Everyone else is sort of bunched up right there after him, but uh, I'm going to take some of that mental game into, into perspective too. Obviously, Kepka didn't have the best showing the last couple of weeks, but we know last time there was big money that 4.5 million with the Aon, um, the the FedEx, the Wyndham or whatever, so the FedEx rewards or the Wyndham rewards or whatever it was, and then the extra, uh, the fact of winning the tournament at the WGC, all of that meant a lot to him. He went and played his best game again out of you know coming off of a fourth, but before that wasn't that strong going in. So. Uh, a guy like him who we know can chase somebody down will get popular. Rory will be popular. We'll go into all that. But as far as stats, it's more of just, you know, can they get it out there in the fairway? Can they put it on the green? And then the best golfers, the best guys. And I'll, I'll talk a lot. I'm not going to have any set T3POs or pivots or anything, but I'll talk about some spots for sure that I've got marked down. All right. So before we get into the tiers, let's talk about strategy this week. How are you going to go about making your lineups and your roster construction with the way the field is set and the way the scoring is with Justin Thomas already at minus 10? Yeah, it's, you know, a few ways to do it. You talked about leaving the money on the table. That's certainly one way. If You know, if you've got six guys that you like, just play your six guys and, and you leave the money. Don't try and look for who's the upgrade here, who's the upgrade there. I'm actually going to focus a little bit more on this top tier. I, I, I mean, well, I'll say this. It, it, Thomas... If he's the winner, I don't know if you necessarily need him, and I'll get into that in a second. But for the other ones, you would need them as the winner. So if, you, if you're going to start your lineup with Rory, you're hoping that Rory wins and, and or comes second to Thomas or something, and Thomas doesn't have all the other things go his way that he needs to do. I, I really didn't like how DraftKings priced this this week. I think it was way too aggressive on the on the Thomas price. I get it that they lowered it at the bottom and dropped it to 5000 but that's only $1,000 different than we're used to. They're over 3000 higher than we're used to at the top. And it's not like a me whining about it. I could care. It's just about the side of the fact that if they made him 13-5, it would have been a lot more of a decision. Right now, if you use, you know, shout out Rick Rungood. He posted a, a video today and went through some stuff on that with how you can switch around their averages and baselines and see what that would look like. Gup on Gup's Corner, he just talked about, he posted a sheet for members and anyone who subscribed or, or gets on today with DGen 25, they can hop on and use it. And it's sort of a like a model building where you get to move around what their baselines are and you say, okay, what if Thomas wins and Rory comes second? And it will reflect that in the DK points and how it shakes it down. So it's really useful, a huge advantage. I was fortunate enough to get to play around with it first today and see it a little bit. And there's actually scenarios where I adjusted all of the projections and Thomas is the winner and still doesn't end up on what the optimum would be based on the other projections, just because the way it's structured out because of how much and how expensive he is. If something does go wrong for him, and we're only talking two strokes here with 72 holes in play. So I get that the guys from the bottom, you know, as you know, Rick mentioned today and some other guys talked about around Twitter and the industry of, you know, obviously you're not going to see a Glover come and win this thing from the bottom. I get it. 
I'm saying you definitely can see a Cantley win it. You can see a Kepka, a Rory. Uh, you know, there's lots of guys at the top. If Thomas stumbles, you mentioned it. You joked about it yesterday. You know, he was one foot away from that fence. If he hits that, it's all, you know what I mean? It's gone just like that. He doesn't keep these 30 starting points, right? There's no scoring that led up to it. People asked, you know, does he get the 10 birdies? Well, no. First off, if, if it was scoring, it could have been five Eagles to get to minus 10. He didn't score any of them. They're just giving him 10 strokes. Therefore, it reflects 30 finishing points. Uh, you know, a lot of talk of it, it's showdown round four. I even mentioned it's very similar to that. But then when you actually go back and think about it and look at it, it's not because the birdies and the points and the scoring are all different and the finishing points are different. So when you're playing and you play quite a bit of this, Kenny, of showdown round four, you only really need two birdies from the guy in the middle of the pack to make up for the 10 points for the finishing position. Extra, two extra birdies. In this case, it's a lot more because while 30th does get finishing points, it's only three. Thomas or whoever ends up being in first gets 30. Another point, which Rick mentioned on his video that I thought was really strong and sharp, was that if, you got, if you've got 30 finishing points, you normally have all the birdies and eagles and, and streaks and bonuses that got you there. Thomas has none of those. He just has those for the time being. So I really think them making him $3,000 more just priced him completely out of it. I don't think he'll be over maybe 5 to 10% owned, and it's just it's sad that it happened that way. If he was 13-5, he would be in a lot more lineups, and it would have been a much bigger decision. In this case, there's a lot of upside elsewhere there. So leaving money on the table, focusing on, you know, still getting a couple of the guys from the bottom. Don't be scared to go down to the bottom because some of those guys are still going to score and they're actually going to be the best values at 5K. But don't think you need to use a 5K guy to fit Thomas. You can use a 5K guy to fit a McElroy and whoever else in between or a Cantlay or a Kepka and whoever else in between. So that's sort of the way I'm looking at it. How about yourself? One, one thing I'm thinking about, how this is going to shape out this week is I think there's going to be a lot of stars and scrubs. I think a lot of people are going to see these added points that they get for the finishing position uh, for these top golfers, $9,000 and up. And they're going to try and roster as many of those as possible mm -hmm. in their lineup, uh, you know, and then finish it off with a bunch of these 5k scrubs, not really scrubs, but scrubs based on the pricing. So what I think is that that's going to leave is that's going to leave a void between the 7,000 and 8,000 range where ownership is going to be a lot less than say the 9,000 to 10,000 range and the 6,000 and 5,000 range. So if you want to go contrarian, if you want to go difference, balance would be the way to go if you want to be different than everyone else this week. Because like when I was making my first few lineups this week for this event, I was always starting with three 9K guys and above basically is what it comes down to. And you can actually do like four 9K guys and above in your lineup and still be able to do it. And I think a lot of people are going to go that direction just because of the way the scoring is starting with people already having an advantage. Now, here's the thing. Like a guy at like 7,500 who is eight strokes back behind Justin Thomas, you know, all he needs – is maybe four birdies more than JT and then JT not winning, and you could be right up there with them. I mean, it's not – it is a big difference, but it's not out of the realm of possibility for DFS standards. Now, for betting, it's a whole different story. Uh, but for DFS, you're just looking for birdies. You're looking for points. You're looking for that. And I think, you know, if you decided to go balance, you would have a different type of lineup than the majority of people going into this week. So I honestly think that the 7,000 to the 8,000 range is going to be a dead zone in ownership. And I'm not no ownership guru. I could definitely be wrong, but I'm a pretty chalky dude when it comes to making lineups. And so when I was making my first few lineups, there were all 9,000 and above 
three or four guys and then going down to 5,000. It felt like it gave me my best options. So, you know, there are different ways to go about this this week. And, you know, that's a decision you're going to have to make on your own. Um, but, you know, I think it is positive EV to go with those 9K guys, as many 9K guys and above. But if you want to differ- differentiate, that 8,000, 7,000 range is where you have to hit. All right. Uh, any disagreements about that there, Tambo? No, I, I mean, pretty close. It's just like I said, I, I do still think – so I, I guess yes, but but what I'm trying to say is I still think you're right on a little bit on the dead zones, but everyone's going to gain ownership. Like there's – we'll get into it, but there's Casey, there's Fleetwood, there's Finau, there's DJ at 8,400. Like people like all these plays, so they're going to find a way to get there. I'm just – you know, my biggest takeaway is that think about the scoring. I'm not saying Justin Thomas can't handle it, and, and you know, I talked about the four nights sleeping on the lead and the mental game and aspect of it, but it, if he does falter – I do think it's going to be Cantlay, Kepka, McElroy, Rom, those types that scoop it up. Maybe Xander, who is is a guy that loves this place, we know has already got a win here on his original debut when he came in, and, and you know he's a little bit back. But I think a lot of people are still going to build their lineups off the chart. And what I mean off the chart is where they're going to look at, okay, where do these guys sit? And they can see that you know Abraham answer is way mispriced for where he's at. You know he's seventy one hundred versus um, Webb is ninety seven hundred, but they both start at four under. So people are going to look for angles like that, and I don't know if that's always right. And we'll talk more as we go through the tiers. But overall, I cut you know, and we're on the same page. I just want to make sure people know. I still would make sure you get winners up top if you're thinking Thomas is going to fail. Pick up the winner. That's what you got to do. I mean, what you can do is just roster two of these guys up top in the nine K range, the two that you think have the best chance to win, and then go balance from then on which is a lot easier with the lowest price call for being five thousand so yeah let's get into these tiers for this week new hot and iced sunrise batch coffee from duncan a bright and balanced full-bodied blend brewed so you can get summering from sunrise to sunset and even after that because that's when you can show off those string lights you hung in the backyard oh. or rehung. Enjoy a medium, hotter, iced sunrise batch coffee for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. We got uh, 10000 and up. We got Patrick Reed, Rory, Kepka, Cantlay, and JT. How you going about this this week? I, I like uh, Cantlay for sure. Uh, I'll talk about that one first because I think the automatic is going to be Kepka. And I even said to myself and some people yesterday, like, why don't we just lock him in and roll? And then the more I got thinking about it, the more I just feel like that's going to be very common because I really do feel like everyone's fading Thomas. I, I've got a good handle on that in my mind for right, for good reasons, as I've talked about. So I think the next thing is to go to McElroy, which is the obvious chalk, but I still think that people will think it's going to be getting tricky, but the McElroy thing is where there's another huge discount. So it goes from Kepka at 12, two right down to McElroy at 10, six. So I get McElroy. He's definitely going to be chalk. If, if he's Rory and he's got the number one T to green game and he comes here and shows up and does his thing, Absolutely, he can take this thing away and you give him four days. There, there's no doubt in my mind. But I do think people still like the idea of just starting with Kepka because of everything I mentioned earlier. You know, he's the guy that probably loves the chase on his mind. He loves the money. He, lo- You know, at US Open, if Gary Woodland didn't have every shot in his bag, Kepka takes him down there too. So, you know, we know Kepka's got the moxie to do it. So I do kind of like Cantlay there just to be a little bit unique. It's 200 bucks more. Normally he would be chalk, but at this price, it's a good spot. He's only two back. I mean, talking Thomas double bogeys the first, and then pars the second, and Cantley comes out hot with a couple birdies, and boom, we got a tournament with seventy holes to go. 
So it's it's very possible with someone like Cantley and his stats and his recent form. He hasn't performed well here the last two years, but it is a different format. And again, we're talking mental game. I, I think Cantley and Kepka have the better mental game than Thomas and McElroy. Just from things we've seen. Rory on Sunday at the Masters, Rory at the Open. You know, I'm not saying he's not mentally strong. I mean, and these are such a small sample size. I'm just bringing up factors that I can remember off the top of my head versus Kepka can walk out anywhere and close it down. And he's proven it time and time again. Cantlay is literally like a a different Hideki bot. Like he's Cantlay bot. This guy just, he just goes out and does his thing. He's a stat warrior. He, he feels like he can make any shot from anywhere at any time. I really do like Cantlay and Kepka. But McElroy will be the chalk, and I don't mind some of the chalk this week, and I'll talk about more as we go along. But those three there, no Reed, no Thomas, not really interested in those guys at all. Well, here's the thing about Reed. I'll let you know. He's probably going to be the lowest zone golfer in this 10K range by a lot. He hasn't really played well here in this championship uh, throughout his career. I don't think he has very many top finishes. I don't think he has even a top 10 at the Tour Championship. So I would guess that Reed is going to be the lowest owned. That doesn't mean I'm going to play him. Um, but I will say that he's probably going to be the lowest owned. I will play Kepka and Rory. Those are going to be my two favorite guys. You can even start lineups with both of those guys and still be able to make a decent lineup if you're going the Stars and Scrubs route. Um, you know, when it comes to Kepka, like you already went over it. I mean, this is like his time to shine. Uh, you know, money's on the line. It's a big tournament. I got no problem using Kepka. Rory, again, he's been playing extremely good golf, really good tee to green. He's actually first in birdies or better gained and first in opportunities gained in this field in the last 50 rounds. And that'll go a long way because you're going to need some birdies to catch up to Justin Thomas. And I feel like he's going to be uber aggressive to try and do that. So those are my two plays. Um, you know, if Justin Thomas is going to be the second lowest owned in this group uh, behind Reed. Um, I'll probably use a little bit of them as well. Uh, now that it's going to take away from the stars and scrubs aspect of lineups, but if you're building a balanced lineup with him, uh, I think that's very easy to do. Uh, but, I, but really, I'll go Kepka and Rory. Those are going to be my two standalone plays. I might use JT. I am not 100% sure. Uh, so let's move down to this 9K range. I'm going to go first. There's really only one play that stands out to me, and it's going to be John Rahm. Um, I'm going to play him. He's going to be my highest owned golfer uh, in probably in GPPs in all my lineups because at $9,900, you can do almost anything you'd like with him. Uh, you can start him as the highest as the highest price golfer in your lineup. You can start him as the second highest price golfer in your lineup because of the way the pricing is working this week. So uh, I do like him. He's on a roll. Mad great top tens, top fives every week. The guy's been on the roll. The only thing he's missing is a win, and I think that could possibly happen here. If I'm going to have to play another guy in this 9K range, it's probably going to be Xander or Hideki. I'm not 100% sure. I'm definitely going to bet Xander, and we'll talk about that in the betting segment. But when it comes to DFS, it's either going to be Hideki or Xander. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm playing John Rahm. He's going to be my highest on guy. Yeah, I'm going to echo you on John Rahm. I mean, the obvious, it's just another top five that we talked about. He's got 11th and 7th here the last two years. His game has been on fire. A little bit of putter this past week where he got it going that way, you know, dropping some big bombs, but he can do that. And he's got the a decent starting position sitting there at minus four, where, again, he can make up ground real quick. He's one of the guys that I think can come out and pop a 65 right out of the gate, make a statement, and then have three days to figure the rest out. So, again, a lot of pressure on Thomas, Cantlay, Kepka, those guys at the top. 
But I do like Rom. I like Xander. I will still stick with him. I know you're going to talk about him in the betting, but I, I mentioned him earlier with his course history, with the win, and then a seventh last year. He's in good position out of the gate, starting in eighth. His price is fair. Uh, it's kind of a good pivot off of Decky because I think Decky gets pretty popular here, and there is other guys starting around Decky that are cheaper. Obviously, Decky just had the 60, couple of 63s there. His game's on fire. He's got a pretty decent history at Eastlake. I'll still play him, but I would take more Xander than I would Matsuyama. And those are really only the three guys that I like in this range. All right, let's move on to this. Uh, let's combine these 7 and 8K range. Uh, go ahead there, Tambo. Okay, so start, starting with what I think is going to be a little bit more popular, as I mentioned it earlier, with Answer. So Answer is kind of the example there. So Decky starts in 15th spot for 9300 and answer is absolutely no decky there's no comparison i'm just saying when people are building lineups and looking for that balanced piece to throw in they're going to do like what they do and this is where i mentioned before a little bit where the round four showdown sort of strategy comes into play is they're just looking for guys with high current placements forgetting that there's four days that answer would have to hang on in the field with this caliber not saying he's not a great player he's had an awesome season but he is a first timer here you know, we know it, it can fall apart quick for a guy at Eastlake. So, yes, he's 7,100 and starts in 10th place, but that's we're just where he starts. It doesn't mean anything thereafter. So I'm not saying full fade or anything. I'm just saying it'd be something I'd be wary of and, and not looking out for. So the guys I do like, really like Finau, mentioned him earlier. You know, he had the number one tee to green, number one approach, and he was like top three and off the tee last week. Again, a guy that just can't find his putter. Hopefully it changes for him. Uh, it's sort of funny, the joke, the running joke anyway on Twitter is if him or or Fleetwood, who another guy who I like in this range at 7,700, those two are going to be probably the ones that end up posting the best score for the week, which there's a different market you could bet this on, but they'll be, you know, where they won't get the win because they were just too far back. And, and that would be so classic for guys like them. Fleetwood, who hasn't won on the PGA Tour yet, and Finau, who only has the one Puerto Rico win. So uh, that would be that would be hilarious, but I still love them for DK value. I love them for their form. The big two in the middle, I think the two best values are actually Dustin Johnson, and I'll talk about his driver in a second, and Scott. Uh, Scott has been on. His his you know form has turned around. He got another ninth here this past week. He's got a decent long-term history here. He starts out in the 13th spot, and at 8,200, it's a pretty fair value. But Dustin Johnson at 8,400, yes, his driver's off. Yes, he came 57th last week. He you know, hasn't had anything more than a, a T20 three weeks ago, but... I'll tell you what, at 8,400, he's got a third here last year. He's got a sixth and a fifth two years before that, a 17th in between. It's Dustin Johnson starting out in 14th. But man, he's a guy that can, if he can get it going for one round and run off of that, and he wants the big money and he wants the big wins, man, Vegas agrees. They've got him at 22 to 1. So there's something to be said for that as well. So I really like Dustin Johnson and Scott. Those are my favorite values in this range. I'm not much on Kucher, Fowler, Snedeker, not really on any of those guys much. I really like those guys that I mentioned. What about yourself, Kenny? Well, when you think about it, I do love Fino. I think his birdie or better. I mean, being only about, I think, what is he, six strokes behind uh, getting started is, uh, you know, he can, it's something he can come back from with his proficiency on par fives, with his, um, you know, with the way he makes a bunch of birdies in bunches. So I do like him. I like your Dustin John to play. I'll play him. I think the one guy... There's a couple of guys in here that could be the contrarian type plays. One's going to be Ricky Fowler. Uh, he's probably, I think, he is the most expensive guy um, over that's like about eight strokes back or more. Uh, and the way he's been playing, he had a little good showing last week. Uh, I think he's got that 
little bit of a momentum going. He played pretty well. I do like Fowler. I think he's going to be low-owned uh, in this contest. I think he has a couple of top tens here in his last few appearances, so I like him. Uh, I think Woodland is another guy that you might be able to take a peek on. Uh, he's only seven strokes back, uh, 24 points back on the on the DK starting point list. Um, and at $8,000 with his proficiency, once again, you know, he hasn't been playing that well lately. But he can come out, make some birdies, do well in the par fives. I do like him uh, a little bit in that 8K range. And then in the 7K range, I don't really know who I want to play. I mean, these four guys... Fleetwood, Casey, Snedeker, Answer. I mean, these, I think, are definitely going to be four. Maybe not Answer, but Snedeker, Casey, and Fleetwood are going to be three of the lower-owned guys probably in the field. Uh, so it could be worth taking a peek at one of those three guys if you're a big fan of them. Right now, Paul Casey is the one that pops for me when it comes to 50 rounds or more that I might be using here in the 7K range. But I do expect this 7K range, maybe other than Answer, to be a dead zone when it comes to ownership. All right, so let's move to this 6K range. Um, I'll get us started. I mean, the obvious choice we have to talk about is Justin Rose at $6,900. Is this going to be another situation where we saw with Justin Thomas a few years ago? Uh, I forget what tournament was in a major when he was like $8,400. Um, I know you were off of him that week. Uh, do you think that, that that's this type of situation that we're seeing with Rose that you have to play him? It's pretty sick. Yeah, this is what I was going to mention earlier. And you said like you know, a 30% guy might be 50% in chalk this week. Like Justin Rose might be 100% in cash this week. That's why, you, you like you said, you always go lower. Don't play cash in these type of events. It's, just, it's a waste of a spot, basically. And that's why I said like I feel like it was – I know they came out early with it and we appreciate the pricing coming out early, but I feel like it was very lazy, right? If you really went and, and heard what people were saying, I don't know if there's a better way to do it. I just – if you look at it, like this price is just wrong. And whether he turns out or not, I don't care. It just doesn't make any sense. He's 6,900. His long-term is massive. His course history here is like fourth, 10th, second, and fourth in the last four tries. He's been on fire lately. This last weekend was nothing. Uh, you know, it's one bad round, essentially, or one bad tournament where uh, the putter was off, but actually his approach was still on. So the irons were still really doing well. And I think, if anything, he'll be the guy that bounces back from it. But he's not really going to kill you. And he starts in the 17th hole. He's two under. What if he has? What if he's the guy that has the 65 out of the gates? There's there's been 65s and 66s and that sort of thing here. If he has that, he's definitely not in it. But he's going to be one of the values on the week that you pretty much need as long as he continues it. So, uh, you know, even if he goes par par and then a 68 or something like that after whatever it ends up being at 6900, it's an extreme value. I looked for reasons to be off besides just ownership, and it was tough to find. I know some people are mentioning Kiz, and you know he had a third here the last time he played it with just two years ago. He's rounding into form essentially with a 9th, 12th, 27th, and 30th in succession. So he is getting better every week. But if you go and look, Kiz is actually much better on the bent grass and Rose is much better on Bermuda. And that's what we're going to here. So for me, it's more of Rose is just too cheap at 6,900. I'm going to have some Kisner still in GPPs. I just think that Rose is just a, a slam dunk play and you got to figure out where to get it different from there and get it elsewhere. What do you see with him? Yeah, no, I think you have to play Rose. Um, it's just too cheap for, and it, it can help you with your build. I mean, with a cheap he fits guy, every build too. I mean, it's just, yes. kind of, it is what it is. He yeah. fits every build. And so, you know, if you want to go contrarian, cool. I mean, he could fuck up. There's no doubt about that, but the way he's playing, I think it's an auto roster. I'll be rostering a bunch of Adam, uh, Justin Rose. There's no doubt about it. I mean, if you look at it, he's first in drafting points in the last 50 rounds and you go all the way up 
to Justin Thomas. He's fifth. So, I mean, that, that four-spot difference is a pretty big difference when it comes to total amount of points. Uh, so it's not like Justin Rose can't catch up to him or anybody else above him. And really, when it comes down to scoring and draft keys, it's all about the birdies. And that's what he's been doing here recently. And he's also been very good at the longer par fours, which there are a few of them here uh, this week. So, yes, I will play Rose. I will, uh, And I sort of like Corey Connors a little bit. I know he's not... The, the elite type golfer, but the way that he's been playing here recently with four straight top 27s, and it doesn't sound like much for, but for a guy at Corey Connors level, that's really, really good golf. Uh, the guy's third in strokes gain approach in the last 50 rounds in this field. He's first in greens and regulation game in the last 50 rounds in this field. Third in strokes gain approach, first in greens and regulations game. I mean, that's something that I would love to have in my lineup, and I don't know how many people are going to be on him. So I do like Corey Connors a little bit to make some noise because he's been playing really, really good golf, and we've seen guys in this FedEx Cup playoff situation ride their momentum to a higher finish than what most people would think. And I think Corey Connors fits in that mold. So I do like Connors a lot. So let's get to this bottom range 5,000 and up. We got how all the way to M. What you doing there, Tambo? Yeah, it should be brought up too, Kenny. I think the big factor here. So two two things. One, these guys are guaranteed 395,000. So that's big money for, and for some of these guys, it's even bigger money. You mentioned like a Connors. Yes, he got his win, which was life-changing, but now this is almost another 400 G's that he's throwing in his pocket. Uh, and I'm Canadian, so that converts quite well. So uh, I will say that, but the, the main point I bring it up for is because they, these guys are going to go for broke, right? What do they got to lose? They, they know they're not likely to even get close to sniffing the top and winning the thing, but why not go try and shoot 65 every day and see what happens? And if you blow up, who cares? It's not like you lost a bunch of money. You made it to Eastlake. You got all those exemptions, the WGCs. You've, you've locked in a bunch of things, you know, trips to the Masters for some and, and different factors like that. So um, it's a spot where the second part I'll bring up is that I do believe this is where you want to be different. And I'm not saying, you know, you can't be different with Rose. I, I just, I like him too much to worry about that spot. I'll just use it for the most part. But with these guys is where you'll want to mix it up and sort of avoid a little bit because any of them, they're all going to go for broke. Someone like Sung Im, uh, you know, rookie of the year I mentioned earlier, very possible because he's the, he's the rookie to make it to Eastlake. I know there's the all the big guns that came in and got some of them got their wins and stuff. But um, for him, for me, you know, I like him as a play. He's been scoring DraftKings points like crazy. He's a good play at 5,900. Usti, very solid recent form, 11th, 6th, 20th, 20th. Uh, you know, he, he's a guy that is super cheap right now, 5,700. He's way back, but do you think he's going to care? He's a, he's the opposite. He has money, 395 or not, doesn't mean nothing to him. He's trying to get to, he's trying to get up to something, right, and just make it happen and make a splash. He's got some of that around the green game you talked about if he's not on, but guess what? His approach game was on last week. So if even if that even turns off for a little bit, he can turn on that, you know, magical around the green game. He can get that putter rolling. You know, he's he's had some magic happen in the past. What if he top 15, top 10s it? That's going to be huge value at 5700. Kokrak, 30th, just made it in. You know, he he's a guy that's been on fire as far as everything's been going recent. 19th, 12th, 6th, 32nd, 29th, having a hell of a season. Again, just made it in on the bubble. You know, poor JT Poston, those type of guys that just missed Sabatini was trying to make some action happen. They couldn't get it done. Kokrak made it in. He had a good attitude, waiting it out, not going to cheer for nobody to lose. But I'm going to watch it. I'm going to see if I can get in. That'd be awesome. And guess what? He's in. So huge for him. 
a chance just to go for broke. He scores like crazy. And then the other guy I like here is Glover. Uh, again, I made the joke earlier that, you know, he needed that putt or he needed to make it happen. Or I was feeling like he was going to be in some big trouble with the wife there. But all jokes aside, he had a pretty good week last week as far as tee to green and approach go. He just didn't really have the putter moving for him. And he has had a better year putting. I know we're at, you know, wrapping up the regular season, wrapping up the playoffs here now at, at, at the pod. We'll be back in two weeks. But this is a guy that has had a better putter all season long. You and I have talked about it. Guys like him and Webb have had these transformations. So, uh, you know, if he gets it rolling again, again, nothing to lose. He knows he's playing for the money. He wants it. So uh, the only one I'll, I'll take caution on, I'll, I'll flip it over to you to get your opinion, is DeChambeau. Because I think as the big name value, he's automatic here at 5,500 or 53. What is he? 5,500, sorry. Um, but uh, again, he hasn't really flashed much lately. Nothing to do with the slow play shit. I could care less about that. I'm just saying it's it's all to do with his game right now and where he's starting and these other guys around him that I think are are go for broke a little bit more. He's definitely the superior player. He's got the superior win value. But what's your take on Bryson and sort of the other guys in this range, Kenny? I'm not playing Bryson. If you look at his rankings in the last 12 rounds played, he's last in strokes gained approach in this field. He's last in fairways gained in this field. He's third to last in strokes gained tee to green, third to last in draft king points, third to last in birdies are better gained in the last 12 rounds. Now, can he come out and do some crazy shit because he got mad skill? Yes. But just looking at his numbers, I'm not going to play him. There's only one guy really that I love in this range, and it's going to be Usti. Uh, the guy has gained almost 18 strokes with his approaches in his last three tournaments played. The iron game is super, super strong to him. He's been amazing tee to green. He's second in the field in opportunities gained in the last 12 rounds. Fifth in the field in greens and regulations gained in the last 12 rounds. So Usti's my favorite. One sleeper that I might play a little bit here is going to be Ches Revi at 5,100. He's first in fairways gained last 12 rounds, second in proximity from 200-plus yards last 12 rounds in this field. And you're going to get about six to seven approaches, 200-plus yards uh, a day uh, at this course. I mean, three of the par threes are over 200 yards. you got two of the par fives, which is going to be, you know, approach shots over 200 yards. And you got a few longer par fours where you might hit less than driver and you might have 200-plus onto the green. So you're looking at, like, around six strokes uh six shots every day over 200 plus he's second in this field top 10 in strokes gained approach last 12 rounds i do like Revy. so Revy and usti are going to be my favorite plays in this bottom range anybody else we missed here tambo before we get into the betting site just the Revy thing like yeah I-, I looked at that and i do like it kind of or i guess i did like it at first and then i really just thought he's like literally the poor man's glover in this spot and glover's 100 bucks more because if you look at their finishes and their year and everything that adds up, Glover has way more top 25s, top 10. I know he didn't get the win that Revy got, so that'll throw it off a little bit. But even if you look in like the last five outings, Glover's got like a 7th, a 20th, and a 10th, which not saying anything to do with upside as a whole, but if you think about how he got to those finishes, he had to score. He had to do what he had to do to get to those finishes. If you look at Revy, 57th, 38th, 48th, 27th, he's a cut maker in a non-cut event. So I still like Glover over Revy. would be the only other comment I would add there. All right, sounds good. Let's get to the betting segment sponsored by DallasGolf.com. Go to DallasGolf.com. Use promo code capital D, capital G, capital E, capital N, 10. DGEN10. Get yourself 10% off anything on their site. These guys are very 
comparative prices with the big name brands who sell golf equipment. You want a Callaway Epic Flash driver? They got the same prices they do for Dick Sporting Goods or Golf Galaxy. But when you use that promo code DGEN10, D, capital D, capital G, capital E, capital N, 10, you get that 10% off. It's the cheapest way to buy your clubs and equipment every time you want to buy them. I mean, the thing is, you might want to think about, oh, shipping is going to be expensive. Shipping is free, guys. If you want to buy equipment, if you want to buy, uh, you know, range finders, putters, uh, gloves, uh, a bag, shafts, custom shafts that fit your game, go to DallasGolf.com. It is a must. It's the best value out there. Use promo code DGEN10, all capitalized, no first E. Get that savings. Let's go through the betting segment. Who you got, Tambo? Really nothing, but I have one, but I like it. it's just this field and the way it is. So what I'm looking at is two things, just so we're open and honest here. One I'm looking at is this second market. So I don't know if everybody will have access to it, but uh, there's a site, Betway, and I saw someone else posted a different site where they have what's, you know, just the best 72, best 72 holes, so the, the sort of the stroke play market. And there's a couple guys in there, like, you know, Decky, Xander, guys that I feel that just could get hot, Finau, those ones that I'll look at. So I haven't placed anything yet there, but that's what I'm looking at. But what I'm going to do is uh, make a decision in the next day or so. Hovland is back on the Corn Ferry Tour at like 10 to 1. So I'm going to I'm gonna double again this week. I tried it last week. He didn't quite get there. I had the JT Hovland uh, double, which we talked about, and Hovland just fell off near the end and didn't quite get there. I'm going to go back to him at 10 to 1. He's like the outright favorite again by 15 points or something, and, and then decide who I'm going to do it with. It's not going to be a JT. I'm fading JT in and out here and, and hoping someone behind, but probably – Kepka, McElroy, Rom is what I'm thinking, and getting three guys. And then if my guy Cantley gets me there in DFS, I think he'll be unique because the 200 bucks more than Brooks and a little bit more than McElroy. So sort of hedge it out in that way. But what do you got, Kenny? What's your bets this week? I know you mentioned a couple of them earlier. So Bavada only has winner of the event, and that includes the strokes included. Yeah, it's terrible. So, so the way that I'm betting that this week is I'm going to go – I'm not going to bet the first four guys, uh, the top guys, JT – Cantlay, Kepka, and Roy. I'm not going to say I'm not going to bet them. I'll probably bet one of them, but those aren't going to be my main bets because you're looking at single digit to one odds, and those are just too short for me. I'm going to start with John Rahm, who's six strokes back right now, but I think that can catch up and has the potential to be able to get those six strokes back from Justin Thomas or whoever's in front of him. I got him at 14 to one. Uh, Xander is another guy that I like uh, with his number, six strokes back. Uh, I think he's another guy who can catch up. He's 28 to 1. I like those two. Those two are going to be my main bigger bets. Uh, I'll also throw a little bit on Abraham Answer at 66 to 1 because only being, you know, uh, being that type of odds for a guy who's that, who's only like, you know, what, what, six strokes back. There's nobody even over, I think, 30 to 1, uh, maybe 40 to 1 in that number that are six strokes back. Back, so I got to go answer at sixty-six. Have, have a look. Uh, I wish you, I got. You should yeah. have a look at Woodland though, because I think Woodland's the same number, and he, and he's right there with him. I, no, and he's got the moxie, right? You're, you're missing me because my last bet is Woodland oh. at eighty to one. Yeah. <laughs> my final bet, my final bet is Woodland at eighty to one. Uh, he's seven strokes back. I think that number is is high for a guy who can you know dominate these par fives, make a bunch of birdies, 
and has, has got some good mojo going, of course, with his newborn. And he played some pretty good golf, you know, a couple of rounds last week. It looks like he's getting his form back. So I got Woodland at 80-1 as well. So those are my four bets. Uh, one and done. Who you got there, Tambo? Anybody? No, it's uh, it's over. I'd just be ruining other people's lives if somehow something happened. Because I'm I, actually I wouldn't be because I'm too far out. But I was gonna say I'm not even gonna bother. So uh, this is a good year of donating, and I'm looking forward to do it again next year. But yeah, not for me. Uh, where are you at right now in the run? Are, are you you got something going? The only guys I got left, I've got like six guys left total. That's just, that's about it. What so my decisions again? are. What's up? I'm in 59th. 59th. So I need a a win would get me into the top 20 or plus, get me four figures, which is what I'd like. So my decisions this week are going to be between uh, Woodland Woodland or Kisner. Woodland, Kisner, or Answer are basically the only guys I got left. Uh, So it's going to be one of those three. I'm leaning Kisner. We'll see how that goes. It's going to be a struggle. Uh, But I'm leaning Kisner, hopefully – he goes off a little bit this week. He has had some success here at uh, East Lake Golf Course. All right, anything else for this week? No, I think that's it, man. That's the, you know around the season out here. It's been a great time, like you said. Thanks to everyone for all the support. It was my you know first full year on the pod and getting to do it with you, Kenny. So I've had a blast. Looking forward to just two weeks, as we mentioned many times. You know, from now when we're going to get it back going again. Looking to you know bring as much value as we can to the table when we get around swing season. Get talking about that and do as much as we can for you guys. And, and shout out DJ Nation. Appreciate all the support. Yeah, it's been a great year. Tambo has been an unbelievable addition. Tambo, you're great. Love you having on the pod. It's been unbelievable. This year has been sensational. I cannot, I can't even fathom the growth that we've had. I did not believe that it would happen again. And we're going to be back for year number five of the Fantasy Golf Journal. Year number five. People, yeah. it's crazy. Coming back in two weeks. Tambo, tell them where they can find you. Yeah, you bet, man. You mentioned it at the top of the show, gupscorner.com. Definitely want to get over there, guys. I mean, we made a lot of pushes for it this year, and obviously I'm involved, but DGEN25 is the best code. The 25% is the best that has ever been on since the original original deal when it first dropped. And this week alone, like I said, Gup's got the tool. So if you are wanting to see if this and this was to happen, what would that equal? The tool that he has out there this week is phenomenal to be able to do that with, and you'll get – you know, do a month if you just want to try it out because the month with the 25% off will lock that price in. You'll be able to get the, the the tool this week. You'll be able to get the swing season when it first comes out and you'll be able to get the first week of NFL and beyond with whatever your 30 days gets you. So head on over there. And if you don't already follow me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo, hit me up there, DM me. A lot of people do throughout the week. If you have any questions, concerns, want to know anything, I'm always there to help. Yeah, you can find me. Uh, my final article on PowerHourPod.com is going to come up this week. I am a free agent. I would like to give a shout-out to uh, Ryan Hodge and uh, uh, at Jabberwock for having me on for the last few years. It's been a great ride, but uh, it'll be my last write-up for them here coming up this week. I'm looking forward to whatever comes next. Uh, definitely a free agent. You can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. I put out some nuggets there all the time. Looking forward to this next season. We'll be back again full force might have some new cool shit for all you guys all you listeners we really appreciate it thank you all very much and let's win some motherfucking money dgen nation the rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker that's wrong the economy is powered by us it's what we create what we buy what we need president biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families but more is needed we need housing health care caregiving action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. 
This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your filtry air filters today at filtry.com. Let's clear the air. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.